0: Hey guys, it's a great day to live for Jesus. My name is Pastor Mike Grover, and this is the In the Word podcast, a twice-weekly devotional journey through the New Testament, where together we will stop, look, and learn what the Lord has to say to us today. In the Word today, we are in Matthew chapter number 26, picking up right after Jesus' Olivet Discourse on Prophecy in chapters 24 and 25 and this chapter immediately begins telling us of this gathering of the religious leaders in this final assault on jesus christ and they're plotting how they might put him to death over in john's account in john chapter 12 of what's taking place here he gives us the motive behind their ambition and he says it's because so many people so many of the jews were coming to faith in jesus christ that these religious leaders were feeling threatened they were losing their grip on the people because they were being set free and they were following jesus christ this chapter of matthew 26 it is one of the darkest chapters in all of scripture man in this chapter we see jesus betrayed we see him arrested he's brought to trial and he's denied um, by peter and so this is a very very dark dark chapter but what's so cool is in the darkness of this chapter over in John chapter 12 and in verse 46 in this context is where Jesus said I am the light of the world and he that follows after me will not remain in darkness and so you have this very dark chapter and in the midst of this darkness man there is one solitary light that Matthew gives us And it's the town of Bethany. And in verse number six, it says, when Jesus was in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, there came to him a woman having an alabaster box, of very precious ointment, and she poured it on his head as he sat to eat. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, to what purpose is this waste? Now, it's interesting because in Matthew's account, it says that disciples had indignation. In Mark, it says some of them had indignation. And in John's account, it said Judas Iscariot had indignation. So what that shows us is Judas is the troublemaker in the midst of all this also it shows you how one bad apple can spoil the whole bunch so i think when you're comparing all this to later all this together what you see is judas in his heart of darkness against the lord starts stirring the pot with these other disciples and we're told that he wasn't upset because it was given to the poor he was upset because hey the money was being spent and he was the one the treasurer holding the bag And I thought about this in light of the teaching of scripture about gossip and its danger. You know, gossip is always just so strongly warned against in scripture and rebuked. One of the words used in scripture for gossip is the word slander in English. Well, it's actually in the New Testament, a translation of the Greek word diabolos, which is also translated devil and so really what we see in a sense is to gossip or slander is to play the devil that is exactly what judas is doing here and he definitely is influencing others man that's why it's so important that we squelch gossip and slander because it can have um, great negative impact on the kingdom of god and on believers and the church So it says in verse 8, when the disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, To what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. And then it says, When Jesus understood it, he said to them, Why are you troubling the woman? She's wrought a good work on me. And then he said, You have the poor always with you, but me you do not have always with you. That's insightful, too. Man, that shows us that there's no social program of man that is ever going to eradicate poverty. It may help. It may alleviate suffering. But poverty is something that is always going to be with us in this world until Jesus returns and sets up his kingdom of equity. Now, along with that in scripture, we're also taught to be kind to the poor, to give to the poor, to be generous to the poor, to consider the poor. So this isn't an open door for ignoring the poor, but it just lets us know this is something that's always gonna be a part of life verse 12 he said for in that she's poured this ointment on my body she did it for my burial verily i say to you wherever this gospel will be preached in the whole world there shall also this that the woman has done be told for a memorial of her so in the darkness of matthew 26 we see this story of Light. now i want to go back to something i taught you earlier in our devotional series about matthew matthew is laying out events in the life of christ that it's not necessarily chronological it's not always in order because in john's account of what we just read um, john said it happened six days before the passover so almost a week before jesus's crucifixion but in the context here matthew lumps this account in with things that are definitely happening the day before his crucifixion so matthew was definitely not interested in giving us a key a clear chronology he seemed to kind of just group things together it just seems like he was gathering all the darkest things that took place in the life of jesus and he put them all here in matthew 26 except for this one light of this little town of bethany man bethany was a town that was located just outside jerusalem near the mount of olives really considered by scholars to be a suburb of jerusalem a very small insignificant town but very significant in the life of christ in the scripture Man, this is the hometown of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, Jesus's very, very close earthly friends. Man, this is where Lazarus was raised from the dead. It's telling us here that he was in the home of Simon the leper. I think this is really cool because we really don't know anything else about Simon other than what we're told here and in Mark's parallel account that he was a leper. So what we do know about Simon is that he's called the leper to distinguish him from all the other Simons running around the New Testament. Simon was a very, very common name, kind of the male counterpart to the popularity of the female name Mary in scripture. You got all These Marys and all these Simons running around. So, to distinguish this Simon from the rest, the writer called him the leper. Now, the fact that he's a leper and it says that they're meeting in his house probably indicates to us that he's a healed leper because they wouldn't have been in this close proximity with him otherwise. So, man, just deducing from the fact that this man with open arms is receiving Jesus into his house. And he used to be a leper. I mean, you just got to imagine this is one of the many people that Jesus healed in his earthly ministry. When you get to the end of John's gospel, it says that there are many other works that Jesus did that are not contained uh, in the gospels because the books would not be able to contain them all. So I think Simon's one of these works that uh, wasn't contained in this town of bethany you have this close friendship with this family you have simon with open arms you have this broken box of ointment worth about a year's salary being poured out on jesus christ man bethany is just this town of welcome to jesus christ and you don't want to miss this about bethany this is where jesus ascended back to heaven after his crucifixion and resurrection because in luke chapter 24 and verse 50 it said he led the disciples out as far as bethany before he departed from them there at the mount of olives and and by the way when jesus comes again this is where he's going to return to acts chapter 1 verse 11 luke quoted the angel saying this same jesus that is taken from you who's gone up into heaven will come back to you in the same way he went up So the angel's saying, what you're seeing is going to be reversed, and he's going to come back the same way. And if you're wondering where he's coming back to, well, Zechariah 14.4 says, In that day, in the day of the coming of the Lord, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives east of Jerusalem. Man, what is that? It's the town of Bethany. So, when you read the book of Revelation and that awesome, awesome chapter of nine, chapter 19 of Jesus returning with eyes of fire on a white stallion with the armies of heaven coming back to the earth, you know where he's coming back to? The little town of Bethany. And you can't help but read this chapter and, and not come away with this understanding of the Lord. In God's economy, insignificance has great significance. Because in man's perspective, you know, it's all about the rock star personality. It's all about the brand. Man, it's all about the wow factor. But to the Lord, it's about the relationship. It's about faithfulness. It's about the humility of heart. Oh, little town of Bethany. Little insignificant town. But man, so significant to the Lord. You know, we just need to be bethany Believers today. We just need to be focusing on that walk we have with God today and realizing no matter how much devalued we may feel by the world. Man, we are of great value to the Lord. And so the word for today is this. Let's be faithful in our personal relationship to Christ with a humble heart of worship. Let's just break our alabaster box for him today. Let's live with an authentic life of radical generosity that no matter how insignificant we may feel in this world, Man, we understand that we are greatly significant to the Lord. Thank you for listening today to In the Word. Join us every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes as we continue our devotional journey together through the New Testament.